Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Good evening. God bless you. We greet you in the matchless name of Jesus, the Anointed One, the Messiah of the world. It is time for another word from the sanctuary of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, text, tweet, call someone, tell them if you can't make it into the house, tune in. There's a word for you tonight. There's a word for you tonight. Well, bless your heart. We're going to continue our teaching on the anointing, the anointing. Everyone needs to know about the anointing that's upon their lives. So get your Bible or your electronic device and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and look at verse number 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7. You're going to be charged up tonight. Guarantee it. All right, let's read that out loud together. Ready, begin. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Let's pray together. Bow your heads. Father, we thank you again for another opportunity to hear the word of God, to be challenged and changed by the word of God. Let that that I preach manifest in the hearts and lives of your people. Let every demon flee. Let every enemy be bound. Let your people break free and go to higher heights and deeper depths in you. I thank you for a specific and particular anointing tonight as we teach on the anointing. Rub yourself all over your people and let us grow in grace and knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. So um, we said that we would talk about why we need the anointing, what the anointing is and how to use the anointing or something along those lines. But tonight we're going to continue talking and teaching about why we need the anointing, why we need the anointing. And here's one word. We're going to talk about it tonight. We need the anointing for boldness. Boldness. Man, the saints need to be bold. Everybody else is bold but the saints. The saints is backing up and everybody else is advancing. Everybody else is being loud and boisterous. And saints are being quiet and isolated. And the anointing makes us bold. Again, our foundational scripture for tonight's teaching, 2 Timothy 1.7, God hath not given us the spirit of fear or timidity. That's what that word there, fear, means. It means timidity. It means to be fearful. It means to be cowardly. God did not give us a spirit. He did not anoint us to be cowards. God didn't anoint us to be fearful. God didn't anoint us to be timid. Listen, write this down. We found this out Sunday. If you didn't get Sunday's message, go back and watch it. Listen to it. Listen, God is not the only one that anoints. The devil anoints people with fear. That's where you or people get the spirit of fear because the, the devil will anoint you and put a spirit of fear on you. God does not anoint his children with fear. If you have fear 
it's not from God. God anoints us with power, love, and a sound mind. The first thing that's mentioned is power. God anoints us with supernatural ability. That's what makes the saints bold is the anointing that allows us and enables us to do supernatural things. The devil anoints people with fear to keep them from doing anything, natural or supernatural. Some folk are so afraid they won't even do natural things. Write this down. There will be no cowards in the kingdom of God. There will be no cowards in God's kingdom. How can I say that? Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, that's the first one mentioned. The cowardly, the unfaithful. Detestable people, murderers, sexual sinners, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will find themselves in the lake of fire, which is the second death. Cowards go into the lake of fire. They don't go into the kingdom. As I said, there will be no cowards in the kingdom of God. So if you're dealing with a spirit of fear and cowardness now, get rid of it now. Get it out of your system. Get it out of your spirit now. Even now, lift your hands and say, Lord, anoint me with the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Put a fresh anointing on my life. I don't want to go through life as a scared Christian. You got to be careful. You're scared of everything. Won't get in the car. It might be an accident. Don't eat that. You might get sick. That's, that's, that's not the anointing of the Lord. That's the anointing of the devil. He anoints people as well as God anoints people. But God anoints us with power and the enemy anoints us with fear to take our power or to make us afraid to use our power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Again, the first type of person mentioned that will not go into the kingdom is the cowardly. Because God has said, why are you a coward if I anointed you with power? What are you afraid of? (laughs) If you believe you're anointed with power, what are you afraid of? Do you believe you have power? Because if you believe, once you and I believe we have power, then we get bold. Somebody say amen. All right. So the spirit and or the anointing that God gives his children is that of power. The Greek word is dunamis. It means miraculous power. Somebody say, I have been given by God miraculous power. You got to believe that. You got to believe it can't just be. I said this because pastor said it, but you got to believe you have miracle working power on the inside of you. Say this with me. I guess I got to get you stirred up. Say this with me. Say, I am am a miracle waiting to happen. happen. 
Stop thinking this way. Stop thinking this way that you got to go somewhere to get a miracle. No, 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 no. You are a miracle waiting to happen. When you go places, miracles happen. Why? Because you're anointed. You're anointed. When you go places, miracles happen because you're anointed. God has anointed you. God has anointed us with the dunamis power, the miraculous power. It also means courage. Dunamis means courage. (laughs) It means strength. (laughs) You know, it's crucial during wartime that soldiers know they have more power than their enemies. It's crucial during wartime for soldiers to know they have more power than their enemy. See, if you don't know that you have more power than your enemy, the battle is already over because you don't think you can win. Write that down. You, we, the body of Christ, must know we have more power than our enemy so that we know we're going to win. You must never doubt the power God has given you. You must never doubt the anointing on your life. First Corinthians 15 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Christ Jesus. You and I already have the victory. Let's say it out loud again, class. Say it after me. We have the victory through Christ Jesus. Oh, man, 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 you got to get that in your spirit that you already, we already have the victory. We are too anointed to lose. Listen, if you haven't won yet, keep fighting. Because you can't lose. The only way you will lose is if you quit. See, The Father, God, has given us or presented to us the victory. You got to take the victory because it's being given to you. You got to get that defeatist mentality out of you. You and I have already been presented the victory by God the Father through the anointed one, Christ Jesus. It is his anointing that gives us the confidence that we win. This is why we must use the anointing on our lives so that you can be reminded you're a winner. The devil would love nothing more than to have people just go to church and sit in the pew and not use their gift and their anointing. And let me just be clear, this is not the only place we use our anointing. Because we have some people that have, (coughs) excuse me, traditionally been raised in a church to where they they thought and been have been taught the place you use your anointing is on each other 
So when you go to work, you don't use your anointing. In the marketplace, you don't use your anointing. In the street, you don't use your anointing. In the grocery store, you don't use your anointing. <clears throat> you have to use your anointing every day. You, we have to walk in victory every day. This is why you don't see victories like you should, because you don't walk in your anointing every day. Psalm 98.1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and holy arm has gotten us the victory. Who got us the victory? God's right hand. God's power. We, we don't have to do anything but believe the power of God is available to us. You and I have to walk around like God's hand is on our lives every day. I know times are tough. I know this virus, this variant, this war, rumors of wars, economy, food prices, gas prices. I get all that. But you need to realize that it's God's right hand and holy arm that gets us the victory. We are already victorious. We are already victorious. Say that with me. We are already victorious. I don't care how many people got fired, how many people died. I don't care how dangerous it is. We already have the victory. It's God's power and his anointing that gets us the victory every time. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us? Who? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, danger, or the sword? What? What, what are you going through that's not listed here? You think you're going through something that God isn't ready to deal with? You think you're <laughs> you think you're fighting something the anointing on your life can't get you to victory over? My brothers and my sisters, there is no enemy that can separate us from God's love and anointing. Write that down. There is no enemy that can separate us from God's love or his anointing. I told you Sunday, Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. In other words, when God anoints you and gifts you, he never takes it back. I don't care what you do, how crazy you live, the same anointing that was on you when you got saved is on you now. There's some anointed drunks sitting up in the bar right now. There's some anointed gamblers at the, at the casino. There's some anointed preachers. Because God doesn't take his anointing back. Nothing shall separate you and I from the love of God and from the anointing of God. You need to know on your worst day you're anointed. At your weakest moment, you're anointed. When your bank account is the lowest, you're still anointed. When people are running their mouth against you, you're still anointed. Somebody lift their hand and say, I'm anointed by God. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. 
Because nothing can separate us from his love. And his gifts and his callings are irrevocable. He does not take them back. We're more than. <laughs> Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things. In all these things, what things? Famine, pestilence, tribulation, distress, persecution, nakedness, danger, all that. In, during all that, in all that, we're more than conquerors. Somebody say self. self. I don't care how you feel. You're more than a conqueror. That's what you need to tell yourself. We need to take lessons from, from athletes, boxers. They're in the training room before a fight, and they're warming up, and the trainers, <laughs> the trainers telling them, you're going to knock them out in the first round. They're punching themselves, yeah, I'm tough. Hitting their own self, yeah, I'm tough. Maybe you need to get up in the morning and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Hmm, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to win for Jesus. Yeah, I'm not going to lose anything. You see, you need to tell your children before they leave the house. You're more than a conqueror. Don't you forget that. Remember who you are. Don't let them get to school and let somebody tell them what they can't do and who they're not. You tell them who they are and what they can do. In the name of the Lord, you're more than, you are a child of God. You're more than a conqueror. No matter what happens today, you cannot lose, my son, my daughter. You will not lose. Being more than a conqueror is quite a feat. <laughs> it's one thing, it's one thing to be a conqueror. Some of us would settle just for being conquerors. But God said, no, 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 you're my child. You're more than. You're more than a conqueror. You, you, you know why? Let me just get there. I'm just, <laughs> let me. You know why we're more than a conqueror? We're more than conquerors? Because we don't have to fight the battle. And we still get to enjoy the victory. Jesus fights the battle and gives us, presents us with the victory. See, this is your spiritual position seated in heavenly places. You need to see where you're seated, not where you're walking. Live from where you're seated, not where you're walking. See, in the earth, we all get dirty. We get attacked. We get tired. Things happen to our bodies. We get old. But you're living in another realm in the heavenly places. You need to live from where you're seated and not where you're walking. This is why you have these ups and downs, pits, valleys, because you keep living from the earth realm. When you're seated in heavenly place, this also is what makes us more than conquerors. And let me just tell you, this is also what should make you bold. I'm not afraid of what man can do to me. I'm already seated in heavenly place. I'm not worried about what goes on down here. 
Ah, tell somebody, stop worrying. Look them in the eyeball if they won't look them in their ear. Let's see the wax. Tell them, stop worrying. Saints are worrying too much today because you don't realize you're anointed. Mm-mm-mm. So, being more than a conqueror or collectively more than conquerors means we are so far from ever being defeated that we are considered superior to our enemies. Oh, I'm talking big. I'm talking strong. You and I are so far, you so far from ever being defeated. I got to, I got to take a, 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 a pill or not a pill, a, a, a um, um, I got to take a page, that's what I'm trying to say, a page out of, out of the current athletes, like, like Floyd Mayweather Jr., never been whooped. 50 fights, ain't never been whooped. He's so confident. He knows he's so far from ever being beat. No matter what you say, Floyd, I'll knock you out. Please, man, ain't nobody whooped me. You can't whoop me. Like Ali, I'll whoop you in my sleep. See, because you got to think you're so far from ever being defeated that you're superior to every enemy. Why does the world think like that? And we won't think like that in the realm of the spirit. You are so far from ever. Why do you think you're still alive? If the enemy could win, you'd be dead already. The very fact you're still here with breath in your body, a praise in your hands, and you can stand on your feet is proof you have no successful enemies. They would have taken you out long time ago. I'm talking to somebody that's older than three years old. You ought to know you have no successful enemies. See, the fact that you're undefeated is what distinguishes you from all your enemies. Do you realize, let me say this to you, let me say this to you, let me say this to you. Do you realize that some of the demons fighting you have already been defeated by your grandparents? (laughs) The very, the same spirits that are attacking you, they've already been defeated generations and generations ago. See, I know, I know, see, you think, the enemy wants you to think You don't have that kind of power. But they've already been defeated. The same demons of anger have been defeated already. Sickness and disease been defeated. Cancer's been defeated. That's how you know it cannot whoop you because it's already been whipped before and it's going to keep getting whipped. You need to know you have no successful enemies. It's time for you to get bold. Stop tiptoeing around in your own house. It's your house. Stop tiptoeing around in this world. The earth is the Lord's and the full. Walk around here like it's your daddy's. See, when you know, when you finally know how great you are, you walk in it. Think of these athletes, Tom Brady. 77 years old. No, he ain't quite 77. Still, still playing 
quarterback in the NFL in his 40s. He's great. I got more Super Bowl rings than anybody. He knows he's great. He's walking around in his greatness, and nobody's making fun of him, saying, why are you walking around like you great? Because he is. Let me tell look at somebody and say, walk around like you great. Because you are. You're anointed with greatness. You're anointed with supernatural power. You're anointed by your God, who is all-powerful. So when you walk around like you're great, everybody else must take notice of the fact that you know you're great. I didn't say walk around with pride. I said walk around in greatness. Because, watch this, write this down, write this down. We're literally, I'm talking about the body of Christ, children of God. We are literally part of a dynasty. You got folk talking about Golden State Warriors, they're a dynasty. They're a dynasty, dynasty in sports. Yeah, and that's good. That's good. I mean, I, I, remember, I remember, since we're talking about sports, since I am, um, I remember watching uh, Last Dance. And um, uh, Michael Jordan was, was celebrating the championship. I think he's holding a trophy. And, and I love this, this, quote, this quote that he made. It's so powerful, so profound, that we need to understand and adapt it and adopt it. He said, he said, they can't win until we quit. They can't win. We, we won six championships in the 90s. You can't win until we quit. If we show up next year, the championship is ours again. So you got to get a championship mentality. You have to realize you and I are part of a dynasty. Being in the kingdom of God is a dynasty of his kingdom. There shall be no end. You are in a dynasty. You need to get bold in your faith, bold in your walk with God, because you cannot lose. You and I will go on and live with God forever and ever and ever. You need to tell sickness, disease, poverty, lack, worry. Your days are numbered. I'm going to step on you. I'm going to walk on you. You're not going to dominate my life. I am anointed. I am part of a dynasty called the kingdom of God. How dare you walk around and act like you can't be blessed? You're anointed. You're a part of a dynasty. You're a part of a group, unbeaten, a team, a family that's never been defeated. I feel like running in this church. You are a part of a dynasty. A family that's never been defeated. Maybe, yes, let me give you a homework assignment. Some of you need to go to the book of Hebrews and read the Hall of Faith so you can remind yourself of your kinship and your family that's never been defeated in the face of danger. So you can get some boldness about you. 2 Corinthians 2.14 now, thanks be unto God, which always, always causes us to triumph in the Messiah. Always. I don't care how you feel right now, you're winning. You're anointed. We always triumph in Christ 
And he goes on to say, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. In other words, you and I are so anointed, everywhere we show up, we bring victory. We show people what real victory is like. <laughs> First John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you, his anointing. Greater is the anointing in you than any other anointing you run into. Greater is he that's in you than any witch doctor, warlock, spells caster that you run into. Come on, get bold. Come on, get a bold. You, you're, no, you're too anointed for that spell to work on you. You're too anointed for them roots to work on you. You're too anointed for how your mind messed up and somebody gassed like you. You're too anointed for that. You're too anointed to be deceived by the antichrist spirit. You're too anointed to fall for dumb stuff. Somebody say Amen. Gotta embrace the fact there's a greater anointing on you than anybody else that's anointed by anything else. <laughs> the anointing on us is greater than any anointing from anywhere else. <laughs> I gotta say that again. That's so good. The anointing on us from our God is greater than any other anointing from anywhere else. I'm not denying there aren't other anointings. I'm just saying it's not greater than the one I have. Mm-hmm. Acts 4, 13. Now, when they saw the boldness, mm-hmm. man, I pray this thing is getting all over you like it is me. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. I don't care what you call me, I'm anointed. Oh, I feel this thing today. I don't care what you think about me, I'm gonna get the job done. I don't care if you don't understand what my methods, it's gonna work anyway. Mm-mm-mm. <coughs> they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men and they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. See, the reason, and, and, and let me just say this, just to, to set it up a little bit better for those that don't know the scriptures. Uh, this is Acts chapter 4. This happened right after in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John were at the gate beautiful and the man that was crippled from birth was there at the gate and he is begging all the time. And Peter said, look on us. Silver and gold we don't have. And they snatched the man up and said, oh, man, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man started running and leaping and praising God in the temple. And everybody said, who is that? That's that, that's that crippled man. What's, what that happened? How's, what this ain't possible? And they began to quiz Peter and John and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the, the, the religious leaders began to persecute them and, and run them down. And they said, no, 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 no. We didn't do this by our own power, Peter. He said, the same Jesus that you crucified. And he began to preach the gospel. He said, he's the one that made this man work. 
And the Bible says they, they tortured them and they put them in prison for a day and then released them and then they came out and they were praising God. And, and, and the Bible says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived they were unlearned, ignorant men and they marveled and they said, oh, we understand they've been with Jesus. See, when you are spending time with Jesus, that's when the supernatural rubs off on you and you get anointed and you can do like Jesus did. Because Peter said, I, I don't have any money, but I got something from Jesus because I've been with him for three and a half years. And I say in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He did the same thing that Jesus did because he spent time with Jesus and Jesus rubbed himself off on Peter. And there was enough Jesus in Peter and John for them to do what Jesus did. <clears throat> Somebody say, I'm about to do what Jesus did. I'm about to do the things Jesus did. I'm going to spend so much time with Jesus that I'm going to be able to do the very same things he did. In fact, Jesus ain't jealous. He said, greater works than these shall ye do. Somebody say, I'm anointed for greater works. I'm not going to be just a church pew member or a home watcher on, 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 online. I'm about to do the greater works because I'm anointed. I'm spending time with Jesus so I can do what Jesus did. They noticed they had spent time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus causes Jesus to rub off on you and get on the inside of you. Notice what it didn't say. Notice what the scriptures didn't say. They didn't say they've been to the best schools. They've been to the best colleges and universities in the Middle East. He didn't say that. He didn't say they've been, they know wealthy and rich, famous people. Mm -mm. No, they've been with Jesus. See, most people want to be rich and famous or hang around rich and famous people. You want to do selfies with rich people. You're you ignoring Jesus, the one that anointed you. You're not hanging out with Jesus. Tell somebody, hang out with Jesus. Tell somebody, say, hang out with Jesus. That's where your anointing comes from. If you want to do greater works, then you need to hang out with the greater one. Holy boldness. Holy boldness. Holy boldness comes on people who spend time with Jesus. Acts 4.29. <laughs> and now, Lord, again, this is the same chapter and the same event or events Connected to the man that was crippled at the gate, beautiful. And they said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They threatened them because they used the anointing. They threatened Peter and John because they used the anointing on their life to bless somebody else. Let me tell you, let me just tell you, let me just tell you. When you start walking in the anointing, people will threaten you. People will talk about you. They'll call you a fanatic. They'll say, you think you big. You think you all that. Ain't nothing new. Get used to it. Get used to it. So they said, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word. 
Hallelujah. I, I identify with this so much. Because you see, some of y'all think it's just easy to get up here and just do what we do as preachers. No, 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 no. It takes some boldness. It takes the anointing. Oh, it's wonderful to have the gift of speech. It's wonderful to have a large vocabulary, but it's better to have the anointing. And in these last days, it's things that have to be said with boldness. Because I'm coming against the culture. I'm speaking against everything you hear all day. It takes boldness to look at you and love you and still tell you the truth. So they said, grant us with all boldness to speak the word. We need boldness to speak the word. The reason you're not evangelizing enough people, you need boldness from the Holy Ghost to tell people who Jesus is. You need boldness to open your mouth and speak the word. Oh, yeah, you can say it all day long to other saints and people that go to the same church. But to say it to somebody you don't know, say it to a perfect stranger. You need boldness. There are strangers you walk by every day that you need to open your mouth and tell them about Jesus. But you won't do it until you get bold. Until you trust the anointing on your life. So in verse 30, it says, well, 29 again. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, they may speak the word, verse 30, by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And then verse 31 says, and when they had prayed or after they finished praying, the place was shaken and they where they were assembled together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. They, pray, they were bold enough to pray for the man, and then they asked for more boldness. <laughs> they were bold enough to say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I ain't got no money, but I got an anointing. Mm -hmm. They were bold enough to speak the word in the first place. They got persecuted, got let go, and then said, God, make us even more bold. Some of y'all need not be afraid to go to jail. We living in the last of the last days, so persecution is coming to the church. If you don't get bold, you're going to lose it. Lose it being your faith. You're going to compromise. Lift your hands and say, Lord, make me bolder than ever in your name that signs and wonders are done through my hands in the name of your son Jesus. Amen. You got to get to the point where you just get tired of sickness and disease around you. You got to get to the place where you get tired of seeing demons and devils just running around doing whatever they want. It, it, it's something got to just get, get in you and just stir you up. I'm just sick of seeing that. I'm sick of seeing disobedient children. Come here, little girl. Let me help you. Where your mom and dad at? They prayed for more boldness, even though they were already bold. Because it seems as if we can't be bold enough. And look at our world today. Look at our world today. 
the alphabet soup people, they are getting more and more and more bold. It's true. I can only imagine what some of you guys, some of you all wonderful saints, have to endure on your jobs. I can remember back in the 90s when we first encountered somebody that had, you know, a, a sex change. And we were told, OK, when they come in, their name is no longer uh, Larry, it's Laverne. And you, and you need to call them Laverne because you'll get in trouble calling them Larry. And I was like, what? Well, I can only imagine how much pressure they're putting on you now. You probably got to go to their party and bring them a gift. Because the world is putting pressure to make everybody accept everybody for whatever they want to be. See, see, that's hate. That's hate. They identifying as, oh, you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Pastor Daniel sent me a, 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 a documentary. I watched it. It was pretty long, but it was incredibly informative. And this man was going around... <laughs> And he was asking all types of people, from professionals to regular people. He went to various countries asking what a woman is. And nobody wanted to say. Even people that knew what a woman is didn't want to say because they didn't want to offend anybody. Is this going to be on TV? I don't, I, I don't know. The world got folks scared to say what a woman is. Then he, then, then he, he, he interviewed some, some LGBT doctors, and, and these folks are so 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 educated they're stupid and got mad at him well see you're trying to make me say something he said I just want you to tell me what a woman is I just 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 what just I just want to know the definition he didn't, he didn't get upset he didn't get mad he just used the anointing on his life just what's just tell me what a woman is and they, and they wouldn't say they would not say and finally, someone said, well, well, here's the here's the thing. There's a different definition. I'm just going to say this. Move on. There's a difference between what sex a person is and their gender. See, see, sex not see sex used to be the same thing. When a person was born, what sex are they? If you had a penis, you was a man. If you had a vagina, you was a, you was a woman. It was a girl. It's simple. It wasn't hard. Oh, doctor, what? I got a boy or a girl. Oh, that's a girl. They didn't say, well, we're going to wait to see what they identify as. No, we see what you got. We see what you got. So, but, but watch this, watch this. Now, somebody say now. Because of sin, the Antichrist spirit, deception, and, and deceived minds, now uh, there's, there's, they've divided. You got to be careful. So sex is <laughs> what a person is born as, but gender is a social construct. Gender is a social construct. It, it's, that's why, you know, you got these kids that are totally confused by demons. They say, well, um, today I feel like a man. Tomorrow I may feel like a woman. It's social. It's social. It's, see, that's crazy. You've got to know it's crazy. And you've got to be bold enough to say, that's crazy. You've got to be bold. That ain't God. You can't be afraid. I've got to be politically correct. You know, I don't know if my job hears this. I don't know what they're going to do. You, you got to be bold. I'm telling you, because somebody may need to get fired to stay right with God. 
So my last part is, so, so this man, he said, well, in America, I can't get no answer. So he flew all the way to Kenya, and he's with the Maasai tribe. Those are the, the ones that jump high. Really. And so he's asking them the same questions. And these African Maasai, they're cracking up. They're like, what's a woman? And, and, and then he asked me, he says, well, what if a man says, I feel like a woman? And they start laughing. They're like, something's wrong with his mind. See, you, 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 don't let this culture steal your anointing. Boldness, here's a definition. Write this down. I got to finish. Boldness is being outspoken. It's being frank about who we are and what we believe. You got to speak up. You got to speak up. Nobody else is, listen, everybody else is speaking their mind. Everybody is saying what they think. It don't, they don't matter, it doesn't matter how they offend you or anybody. This is my truth. <laughs> I was amazed. I'm going to just breeze through this. I wasn't going to bring it up. I went to a gun violence stop forum last Thursday in North Chicago. Pastor Bowden drove me. Pastor Choice was there. We were sitting together. And state's attorney was there. All three mayors, North Chicago, Al Keegan, and Zion were there at one time. And the three chiefs of the police of Mark Keegan, North Chicago, North Chicago, and Zion. People got a microphone and said whatever they wanted to say for as long as they wanted to say it. It started at 6. We didn't get out till after 9 p.m. I heard people say some of the most inflammatory, almost disrespectful things to people that are in authority there right there. I never, I never, I never, I'd been in one meeting similar to that. Me and Pastor Donald were in one in Chicago years ago, and it was, it was off the chain like that. And I was blessed because I needed to be there. And I was blessed because had I dri- drove, I would have left by half hour into it. I, I would have just left. Because I didn't drive, I had to stay, and I needed to be there. And I heard everything all types of people had to say. And they talked about everything from white supremacy, slavery, colonialism, all the things that are true, but you got to put it in its right context. And some things need to be said in a certain way. Hmm. Well, that was not the case because people were passionate about what they were saying and all the things that have gone on, all the injustice and all the things that have gone on. So people just were saying what they felt. And and it was good to hear that. I just it really it helped me, hurt me, but it helped me. Well, I, I began to sit there and I began to think I was like, wow, God, things have changed. Because I remember I'm going to say it. A number of years ago, I was invited by the mayor of, of, of Zion at that time to a meeting with the Department of Justice came to Zion, the DOJ. And they handpicked a few people from the community. And we were in, 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 the, in the city hall building there. And we were talking. And I wasn't going to go because I was just, I was, I'm just being a moment of transparent. I was just like, God, I'm tired of all these meetings. Don't nothing happen. You know, I'm just, I, don't, I ain't going. I ain't going. Holy Ghost said, go. I said, okay, I won't go. 
So anyway, I said, I'm going to go, and I ain't going to say nothing. So I went. The guy said, okay. So what's the problem? Why is all the crime? Why are all these things happening? Why are the community did that, da, da, da? So people said this and that and the third. I was like, I ain't going to say nothing. But me being me, particularly at that time, I said, let me, I, okay, let me tell you, it, 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 it's, it's white supremacy. Oh, stop, stop, brother. No, we're, stop, stop. The man act like I fired a gun. I never went back because, like, if you can't talk about it, you ain't going to be real about it. People didn't want to talk. People didn't want to hear those kind of things. Well, now people are hollering them from the rooftops, cussing it out to people. I'm like, wow, things have changed. People are bold. People are way. I, I thought I was bold years ago, but now it's different. So I realize we as the church, we cannot be silent. Look at your neighbor and tell them we cannot be silent about righteousness. We can't let the world call right wrong and wrong right. You can't let the world call you something you're not. You need to let the world stand up on your job and let them know who you are and what you stand for. And you can't call me that. I'm not that. I'm a child of God. You don't understand the scriptures. You don't understand the power of God. You don't know what he's done for me. I'm not going to let you tell talk about me like that when God has healed me, delivered me, set me free. I'm not the man I used to be. If I was, I'd have shot you a long time. I'm going to go. Probably shouldn't have said that. Probably shouldn't have said that. But when you get bold for Jesus, boldness is being outspoken, being frank about who we are, what we believe. It's being brave confident and courageous in our faith and our position in Christ Jesus. It's standing firm in our belief and declaring God's miraculous power in the face of sickness, disease, and in face of danger. You got to let people know what God has done for you. You got to let doctors know. No, 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 no. You don't know my history. God has delivered me and healed me and protected me and saved me. And he's going to deliver me from this, too. You got to be bold. Don't let the doctor tell you how you're going to feel. What do you mean? You can't tell me how I'm going to feel. Even if you give me medication that has side effects, I bind them. And the, the anointing on let, it's not going to let me have the same side effects that everybody else does. I'm anointed. Do you hear what I'm telling you? You swallowing everything hook, line, and sinker. I don't care what the paper says. I know what the word says. Sometimes you may have to sign something and you don't want all that's in it to manifest in your life. That's when you begin to declare the word of God over your life. It's not boldness is not backing down when you're confronted with your enemies and the hounds of hell and the bulls of Bashan and all the enemies surround you, you need to stand your ground. You're anointed. Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when nobody's pursuing them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Lions don't run. They make everybody else run. 
All I got to do is everything leaves, everything get nervous. Why are you so nervous? You the lion. Write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down, just like I said it in street English. I be the lion. <laughs> School teachers don't get mad at me. Educators don't get I be the lion. <laughs> yes. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Let, let me, let me, d- 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 just keep the camera on me. I want to, I want to put nobody out there like this, but just raise your hand kind of like half like this then if you. How many of you ever, ever been wanted by the police out of warrant? Just kind of. You ever had a warrant, man? You nervous. You know, the police, man, what you doing, man? You be ducking in the car, man, what, what you doing? You nervous. You got a warrant. You wicked. You could be arrested at any moment. When you're nervous because you ain't right, you're quick to run. What's that, man? See, some of y'all don't want to raise your hand, but I'm talking to you anyway. Yeah, warrant out for you. You want to buy? No. We got ex-policemen in here. They ain't going to do nothing. They ain't going to pray for you. They're your brother. So the wicked flees with no one pursuing. See, when wicked people know they're in trouble, wicked people cannot have the same confidence you and I have. Come on, somebody. You walk around with some confidence. You ain't stole nothing. You're living for Jesus. You're anointed. Walk around with confidence like you own, like your daddy owned everything. The wicked flee with no one pursuit, but the righteous are bold. Bold. Lion is king of beasts. Everywhere he goes, he owns it. He controls it. That's the mentality you need to have. I'm not talking about pride and arrogance. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about boldness, confidence. People don't like it when I say, God always heals me. What am I supposed to say? Yeah, I love Jesus, and I hope he heal me. Would you want to hear a preacher to tell you, I hope God is good. I hope the Bible is true. Y'all think it's true? I'll be wondering sometime. No, he always heals. You want to be bold. You want to be confident. He always heals me. He always delivers me. He always gets me out of trouble. Somebody's getting out of trouble this week. I don't know what your trouble is. Somebody's getting out of a tight tight. I don't know what it is, but God's going to bring you out. Exodus 23. I got to finish. 23, 27, 28. God says, I will send my terror. Listen to what the scripture says. God says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw any nation you meet into panic. This is what God does for us. The reason we need to be bold, because God's going to throw some of your enemies into a panic. You were panicking. It's time for your enemies to panic because God's anointing is on your life and the anointing is going to make the difference in your life. God is going to put terror on the heads of your enemies. You don't need to be afraid. Your enemies need to be afraid because God is on your side. Verse 28, I will spread panic uh, ahead of you to force the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites out of your way. 
God is about to get some enemies out of our way. God, you're the only one that can do it. Get them out of our way. Go before us with your power, with your anointing. I feel God in this place. God, go ahead of us and make our enemies panic. Holy boldness comes over you when you know God is going ahead of you. <laughs> when you know God is going to make a way for you. Tell somebody God's making a way right now. He makes a way where there is no way. Come on, let's believe these songs we sing. Come on, let's believe these songs we sing. Deuteronomy 28, 7. The Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before your face. <clears throat> They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee seven ways. They're going to scatter. Seven is the number of completion. They're going to be completely gone. <clears throat> Let me say this prophetically. Somebody's been facing the enemy, and you've been facing this enemy for a long time. Hallelujah. Maybe even you've been facing this. This may be a generational enemy, but you've arrived at a season where this enemy is going to completely leave your life and your family. Philippians 1, 12 and 14. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what happened to me has helped the spread of the gospel. <laughs> I want you to know, don't, don't, don't be sad for me because what happened to me Bless the God, bless the king, bless the world, added to the kingdom. He says in verse 13, as a result, it has become clear to all the soldiers who guarded me and the emperor and to everyone else that I'm in prison with, uh, that I am a prisoner of Christ. Paul says, don't, 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 be, don't feel sorry for me because <laughs> them locking me up, let them see they couldn't lock me up. Them locking me up. Show them I was freer than everybody locked up in here. Them locking me up, let them see that I belong to Jesus. And there's nothing you can do to me because no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Verse 14, he says, so through my being in prison, the Lord has given most of our brothers and sisters confidence. Me being locked up gave my brothers and sisters boldness made them fearless. See, let me say something to you, my brothers and my sisters. See, we, 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 we in the body of Christ, at least in my generation, uh, uh, <clears throat> we, uh, some of y'all can have a tendency to stay away from church when you're going through something. You, you, you don't want nobody to know you're going through, so you stay away. That's wrong. See, see us seeing you go through gives us boldness. Us seeing how you handle trouble gives us boldness to speak to our trouble. Us seeing you handle your issue makes me more bold enough to I can handle mine. The devil is a lie. We're going to walk through this together. Let me congratulate some of y'all that still come to church when you're tired, when your back hurt, when your feet hurt, when something else pop up in your body. You still show up. You show and you prove your boldness. You prove to us you love God. You strengthen your brothers and your sisters and you strengthen your pastor because you're bold enough to say nothing will 
separate me from the love of God. Nothing will separate me from the anointing of God. I'm coming to hang out with Jesus because I need more anointing. Everyone stand on your feet, please. Lift your hands, please. We need boldness. We need boldness. We need to stop being timid, fearful, quiet as a church mouse. We're anointed. God has rubbed himself on you. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. The greatest power in the universe is at your disposal. You don't need to worry about anything, anybody. No weapon, <clears throat> no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. You, I say this all the time, you, I, we have no successful enemies. God is going before you. He's going before you, and your enemies are going to flee completely before you. A new season is coming into your life where the anointing of God is going to be more effective than it's ever been in your life. Father, we thank you for your hand heavy upon your people. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost, fresh oil, fresh anointing on this people, on this house, on the entire body of Christ to do exploits in your name, to do greater works in your name. We thank you for the greater works. We thank you for the greater works that we're going to do. We thank you for the souls that are going to be saved through our hands, through our mouths. We thank you for the people that are going to be healed through our hands and our mouths. We thank you for the people that are going to be delivered through our hands and our mouth and the anointing on our lives. In Jesus' name. If you're watching and you're in this building and you're not saved, you can put your hands down. If you're not saved, lift your hand. If you're watching or in this building and you're not saved, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're not saved and you raised your hand, I want to pray for you. Father, right now, repeat this prayer to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you're the savior of the world. I believe you are the one that anoints me. Anoint me. Save me, use me. Save me, anoint me, use me. Save me, use me, anoint me. Make me bold. Make me bold in this hour. I was bold when I served the devil. I'm not going to serve you and get timid. Make me bold. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, you're born again, you're saved. Call us, email us, let us know. We want to know because God is about to do some great things in your life. And we're so excited about it already. Amen. Come on, put your hands together real quick. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. 
If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.